2: I
4: future. I
2: future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: The new NFL overtime rule, which applies only to the playoffs, guarantees that each team will get the ball at least once in overtime, barring a safety, which would still, of course, end the game.
6: Okay, now that's interesting. So if the – because the theory is the team that is that scores the safety wins and thus they don't need the ball and the other team had the ball. That's the only way to give up a safety. Thus, it still is giving the, each team a chance is, is right. the whole premise. Um, so let's think of this scenario. When we talked about the Josh Allen rule. So Kansas City gets the wins the coin toss against Buffalo. They get the ball. They score a touchdown, game's over. Now, it wasn't that long ago that overtime was sudden death in all cases, right? So you get the ball, you get down on the 20-yard line, kick a 37-yard field goal, game's over. Obviously, it was a step in the direction of fairness to make a touchdown required to be sudden death uh, or end the game. But, hey, Kansas City scored a touchdown, the lament is, shouldn't Josh Allen get a chance? Shouldn't the other team get a chance? Now, here's my question. The NFL is pretty much saying that we are willing to go out of our way for a more fair or fair result in the postseason than in the regular season. Now... I think that makes sense. Right. The theory is, OK, a game can end in a tie like in soccer. I'm no soccer expert at all. But I know that whenever the shootout happens, uh, it, that's something that would be a tie typically. But it's like they or uh, whatever it's. Is it even a draw. It? draw? OK, yeah. All their little fancy words. I don't I don't accept any of it, but I'm not going to say nil. I'm not going to say love. I'm going to say zero. But okay, fair enough. Are you going to do
0: Celsius now instead of Fahrenheit when you get the weather No, I'm the opposite.
6: Listen, I'll be honest with you. One of my great joys is the fact that the metric system didn't win. (laughs) Because I'm telling you, when I was growing up, like it was one of those – what was those magazines? It was called Highlight Magazine or something. It was these old school magazines, and it was like – it was always like, yeah, the U.S. is – Kind of stupid that they got things on sixteenths and ounces. Is we should all be on the metric system because we can move our decimal points and all that. And I just said, nah, I don't like it. I'm with you. Yeah, you see, yeah, you. I mean, even though it's stupid to not like the metric system, you don't like the metric system. Right. Why is that?
0: Uh, it's confusing to me.
6: Hey, listen, if America's stupid, I don't want to be right. I'm just gonna be on America's side.
0: USA, USA.
6: (laughs) 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 I mean, I hated the Iron Sheik. I mean, I didn't care if his camel clutch was good. When he beat Bob Backlund, I hate him now anyway. So, and then Hogan. Whole thing. All right. We are straight. I thought
0: you were going to go Sergeant Slaughter. That's what Oh, it. well,
6: yeah. he Obviously. But then when Slaughter went, oh, man. And then when they were driving together, supposedly, that, that didn't help anyone. When they were hanging out together, smoking weed, I think, allegedly. Sports back. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay. So. My question is, though, why not be more fair? Why not set the rules up for a fairer result in the regular season? And the only answer, it seems, AJ, and tell me if you agree, is that every play that happens after regulation is an extra play, and football is such a violent game, physical game, they don't want to have these long, long, long games.
0: No, I, I think that's absolutely the case, and that's why you can end in a tie in, in the in the regular season because they'd rather not keep playing, you know, it, you know, infinitum, uh, because there there are there is so much risk for injury in the regular season.
6: Let me. Well, I think there's risk for injury. always.
0: sure, right? sure, but I mean, you you don't want to lose your quarterback in the middle of a, a regular season game that may not may not even matter by the end of the year.
6: But see, that's see, that's the whole premise, though. Is do games like in baseball? pre 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 expansion of the playoffs and again this is something i read about but the idea of there were there was an american league champion and a national league champion and they played each other the world series there was no playoffs except for the world series for a long time and how many teams Would be like having a great, let's say a team like uh, Seattle early this century or, you know, a great team that had, what, like 119 wins. You could have 110 wins and literally not even be in it come uh, August or September. Now, that sounds horrible in a way. But in another way, baseball was more popular then than it is now by a long shot. So by a big amount. So. My question is, have we changed as a society that only winning titles is all that matters? And thus, if that's the case, then how many of these games really do matter? Like the Detroit Lions have almost a 0% chance to win the title, the Super Bowl, this upcoming season. Does that mean none of their games matter? And why are the, the tickets being sold then for big money? Why are people paying 100 bucks to park? If the games don't matter, what games matter? Because you said in a meaningless game, what games matter to you, A.J.?
0: I mean, the the playoff games matter. That's it. Uh, Well, no, every game matters to me. Outside of of preseason. Not preseason games. Preseason games don't matter. Regular season games matter. The playoffs matter.
6: Okay. And – Thus, when, you know, and again, I'm not saying you, you have an absurd position, but when you say, well, a quarterback being lost in a meaningless game, well, what you're saying is it's not a meaningless game.
0: You're, yes, I, I, I stand corrected.
6: Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I, I think a lot of people would say it is a meaningless game that only count, you know, count the rings. I think that's dangerous, you know, and, and, and this is something um, I, I think – Like, to me, the Steelers making the playoffs this year, as a Steelers fan, was a bigger victory. I'm going to take more joy out of that than I I I can think. The last time the Steelers were really good, if I recall, they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in uh, New England. And they got beat very easily in that game. And then it was the next season they came back and got blown out in the first game. And Big Ben got hurt in the second game against Seattle is the way I remember it. So... The last time Pittsburgh was an elite team, they, 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 they underperformed that thought throughout the year. They didn't have home field advantage. They went in and got beat handily one game from the Super Bowl. I, that team was so much better than the Pittsburgh team this year. But the Pittsburgh team this season, this past season, I like 50 times more. Because it was, it was so hard. Big Ben's dragging, you know, his, his, uh, you know, the corpse of his football career behind him. And he could hardly move. And they draft a running back. And all the smart guys say that's stupid. And lo and behold, they make the playoffs. 5% chance entering the last week. That, to me, there's great joy in that. Uh, I think that that's something that these leagues better accentuate. Because if all that matters is winning titles, it means a lot of these games, it's kind of absurd. And the NBA is seeing this to some degree. If the players don't care about some of these games, why is anyone paying to be there? And I, I, I won't, you know, last thing I'll say on it is, in general, the guys making millions better care more than the guys paying the millions effectively, which are the fans, and I think oftentimes that's not the case. And everyone just assumes that, that the fans are always going to be rabid and, and intense. And I think baseball shows you that, yeah, it's going to be over decades, but over decades things change. And boxing, if you, you know, when I read back about the 40s and the 50s and gambling, you know, which I tend to do a lot of reading on that stuff, is boxing was so big. I mean, the idea that people were sitting in a bar on a radio listening to fights, and it was like the night was about that. Uh, and then there were stadiums with 70 80,000 people watching fight i mean what would that even look like <laughs> a postage stamp you couldn't see a punch of your life depended on it and now there's what a couple fights a year that that get any that gets anyone if interested that, it if, changes if that.
0: Sure, and like people used to gather around the radio to listen to a horse race, and now if if someone if the same horse doesn't win the second leg of the Triple Crown, no one even no one watches the third leg. So certainly that's changed. I I think uh, you know we we can draw back to the NHL on this, RJ, because the NHL is the other major sports league in North America that has different rules. Major. (laughs) somewhat major uh, that has different rules for uh, uh, overtime playoffs versus, or excuse me, uh, overtime in the playoffs versus overtime in the regular season, because in the regular season, they have the shootout in, in postseason play. They say, nope that's not enough. Like real hockey. We're not going to let that decide who wins a playoff game. So they, uh, there's been a six overtime hockey game in the playoffs. So it's not out of the, it's not, you know, insane to me, that they that they're evolving the the game of football.
6: Yeah, but so our, what we're looking at is say we got to be more like hockey. No, I don't think
0: they're saying we've got to be more like hockey, but I do think they're saying we want our we want our most important games to be decided in a way that's more fair than just some, you know, like a shootout, which is a kitschy sort of let's get this game over with. We can't keep playing this overtime. Let's get it over with, which is kind of what the, the current regular season NFL uh, rule seems like. This is giving both teams a more equal chance to win the football game. I, I actually – I think it's it's very fair, and I'm glad now, that they're doing it.
6: Yeah, I listen, I tend to agree – but i do think the unspoken part of this is that the regular season is less fair and i don't think the nfl wants to talk like that and it's important to let's you know let's be candid if this is more fair then the regular season is less fair
0: i agree and i think that when when We're going to start hearing a a loud noise about that is when a team loses a game that would have put them into the playoffs in week 17 or week 18, the last week of the season, and the overtime rules screw them out of a playoff spot, then I think you're going to start having people be angry about the way the regular season overtime
6: works. And here's what's fascinating. Is the idea of and 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 there's no doubt that this overtime now, which again is you it's pretty much effectively if a team scores a touchdown the first drive, it's not over, is the change. It's playoffs only. It was just passed today. And to me, the idea that it gives advantage or it, it lessens the advantage of winning the toss is objectively true. Because yes. it, it, it it is Unequivocally true. Now, what's interesting is if the second – if the regular season had this same rule, it would actually be something where the the team that scored the second time, it it would be almost an advantage in a weird way to get the ball second because, one, if you get the ball second – you know to go for it on fourth down if you got to score a touchdown, sure. right? So it's a, that's an advantage. Now, the theory is, well, getting the ball the third time, uh, you know, or getting the ball the second time, the third possession, first, and it's sudden death, if it's touchdown, touchdown, oh, that makes it worth it, right? And I agree with that. But imagine with the 10-minute overtime in the regular season – First team scores in five minutes. Second team knows they got to score a touchdown, so they go for it on fourth a couple times. They score with 40 seconds left or whatever. The fact of the matter is the other team's going to get the ball with 40 seconds. It's either a tie or it would be a um, win if they somehow score on the third possession. But with only 40 seconds, well, lo and behold, that team going for two potentially after scoring the first time would be a fast—with that 10-minute element— it would be so much strategy. It would be so complicated. Here's what I'm going to predict, though. I'm going to predict this is not a, hey, let's test it in postseason and then move it to regular season. Because that's something they did with the the, the prior iteration, right? They did it in overtime or yeah, in playoffs that started,
0: first. In, that started in 2010, and then it went to the regular season in 2012.
6: I'm going to predict this doesn't do that. Because cause of the 10-minute element, it would be – it would be such—there would be so many teams going for two, and it would almost be an advantage to go second. And, boy, that would be—again, maybe they'll want that confusion. I'm going to predict they never move this, because with 10 minutes only in overtime, like the regular season, if both teams score, the game's pretty much over. You're going to get a lot of ties, a lot of ties that way, and I don't think they want ties. Closing ties. Closing ties.
0: Although with the league going the way it is now, I mean, when you consider that when the when the Chiefs sent that game to overtime against Buffalo, they only they got the ball with 13 seconds left in the game. The Bills had thought they'd won. You know, a great quarterback can take you down quickly and, and kick a field goal. So it, you you almost have to have that clock down to zero if you're Which going up against Aaron Rodgers or two. Patrick Mahomes.
6: That's another reason to go for two.
0: Absolutely, and I and I do think that that going for two, I, I think that's going to factor in a lot in the playoffs. If it's a game like this, Bills Chiefs game. I can't imagine after the Chiefs scored that touchdown, if the Bills went down in another minute and scored a touchdown and knew that once they gave it back to Kansas City, it was sudden death. I can't imagine the Bills don't go for two in that scenario. Uh,
6: that's interesting. And, and to me, it goes to show you that, in general, the NFL does a good job evolving the rules. Yes. Because baseball is probably a little too slow to make changes. Some sports uh, don't respect their past. I think the NFL does a balancing act that's pretty good. we got Last thing.
0: There's a lot of people who are saying, well, just play defense. If you play defense, none of this, matter you don't need both teams to get the ball. But I think with the league built the way it is, where you've got to have a dominant quarterback to even make it to these playoffs, the Carolina Panthers had the second-best defense in the league, and they stunk because they had Sam Darnold. So it, the league is built for offense, so I think it's only fair that both offenses get to touch the football.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career.
0: All right, RJ, ESPN did a MVP straw poll result yesterday, and Nikola Jokic is now getting 62 out of the 100 first-place votes in that straw poll. Joel Embiid was a minus 200 favorite as of yesterday. Now that that, re- that story has come out, now minus 130, Jokic minus 105.
6: Okay, so let's uh, kind of say that again. is We had odds yesterday – and in those odds, it was based on perception. It was based on, hey, who's had the best season? Hey, I talked to a couple of writers. They said they think it's Embiid. Whatever the odd, you know, people bet for whatever reason they do, usually it's it's with some type of knowledge, right? Especially with MVP-type bets, they're going to move the line. That's, that's not going to be idiotic-type bets typically. Now, right. small bets might be, but, you know, the bigger bets are going to be thought out. So now the question becomes, well, what's changed? And historically, and Mackenzie, if I remember right, this this is a once-a-year poll, right, that they do, and it's it's had a real predictive, uh, highly predictive historically. Am I recalling that right? It has been highly predictive. They do come out with four different versions. This is the third version. Okay, so of the their four different ball. points in the season. Yeah, and so when's the last one scheduled for? Last year it was April sixteenth, right, right, right at good, the end of the season. Good job having all that. All right, so to me, this is like, uh, let's say, an election. Think about election night, and it's like, okay, uh, Florida's a toss up, and then you hear the music, dun 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 dun, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, we're calling Florida for Al Gore. And it's like, OK, everything's like going to change. Oh, wait, Al Gore, Florida. But everything changes because there's new information. And in that case, it was wrong, but that's a rare case. In general, that's what's happening here is new information about the voters. And the poll is making the odds now even now effectively. I got to tell you, this is one of the more interesting MVP battles I've seen because – Embiid would have a season that most years you would say uh, that's a worthy MVP. Um, He's been the favorite most of the year, uh, and he's always been right there, right? Because it's always been, as long as he doesn't get hurt, his uh, 48-minute stats, just his performance, his defense. He's a defensive guy, Embiid. And he scores, and he can shoot from outside, And we like him because he's, uh, you know, from not, you know, not his story's interesting. But now you got the Joker, who apparently is like, like uh, Godfather ask with his brothers. I mean, AJ, did you see the stuff with, um, you know, with the fights and and the uh, what's those? Is it the Morris brothers, McKenzie, that that he got in a beef with?
2: Yeah, he, the Morris brothers, and just last night, got Harold uh, Montrez Harold of the Hornets ejected. Jokic did,
6: and like these are like like the Morris brothers are one. of, You know how in every sport, like in UFC, which again you uh, fought, prof- you know, a professional fight in the MMA. You follow the UFC closely. You uh, do um, coverage for them. Is th- there's guys that are like, yeah, you know, he's a seven and four, but if it's a street fight, you don't want to mess with that guy. Oh sure. Right? There's a, there's a in, in in the sport. There's just these like, oh yeah, don't mess with him kind of thing. Well, the Morris brothers were known at, or are known as is, you know, I don't want to say crazy, but let's just say erratic. Let's just say you never know what you're gonna get, and it's like one of the last guys you'd want to mess with in the league has always been kind of the rep, and the idea that that Jokic, who seems like the kind of guy that 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 maybe. You know, it's so different with the Eastern Europeans because, you know, in this country, you think, uh, you know, usually the, the white guy on the basketball court isn't the one you're scared of, right? I, I think it's fair to say that usually physically and oftentimes it's like, okay, there. if you look at, um, you know, that player, he's the smart player. He's the crafty player. There's all these different kind of words people use, but in general— if you you know, it's like Norm Macdonald used to do a lot of jokes about like a guy fell and and he cracked his teeth trying to slam it, and he goes, and then breaking news he was a white guy. It's like wh- whatever truth there is to it, and I think there's got to be some. I mean, if you just look at the now again, that's a hard to debate though, because you could say, well, it's 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 there's more uh, African Americans in this country it's playing basketball growing up and. I don't know. You know, I think if I if if I hear there's a Jewish guy that wants to fight me and there's a black guy that wants to fight me, I'm probably figuring if I have a choice I'm going to fight the Jewish guy. Now, again, is that right always? There's a lot of Jewish guys that could whip me and 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 you know, I think there's probably some black guys I could whip, but you know what? In general, I think that 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 what Jokic is and his brothers are doing has a lot of people going like, "Wow, what's going on there?" And I guess you see with the Eastern Europeans, especially, and I mean, to some degree, we're seeing it with this war, is just uh, how tough the upbringing is. <laughs> that it's not about skin color. Ultimately, it's well, about how tough your upbringing is. Oftentimes.
0: Yeah, if you looked at the the ten best fighters in the UFC today, I'd, I'd venture to guess that half of them are Russians, uh, like you know, now Eastern why, why European do you think Russians. That is? I think that they just grow up very a, a very hard life, and you know, days off are not something that that falls into their vocabulary, and and they just they've been hardened by life before they even learned how to fight.
6: Yeah, and, and and I think that's fair to say. And I think if anything, if you're the you know, and obviously we're touching on subjects here that are kind of taboo to some degree, but to me, if you can't say what's obvious that everyone's thinking, then what's the point of even talking? And in a way, I find it uh, affirming. I find it it makes me feel good that it's not about – to me, if something's about race, good or bad, it's like uh, you had nothing to do with it in a way, right? It's like, oh, I was born into this race. I'm better at this. It's like I like the fact that it's about the work. It's about that if you have tough times, you get to benefit from – you know, a result of that being you've been toughened up and then you get advantages later. I like that. Right. I like that. It's not just the luck of the genetic draw. And and I do find it interesting, though, that here's a guy that if you glance at, you're thinking, oh, he's in trouble. And it's like it doesn't see and it doesn't seem like the Morris brothers are looking for a rematch. And, you know. I'm not trying to entice them to do it. I don't want anyone to get hurt. But but I'm telling you, I am I'm impressed and and if you just look at the numbers, Jokic is 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 having a better season and I'm encouraged that he's winning this draw poll because I thought Embiid's narrative would win.
2: Straight out of- be sure to catch live editions of Straight Outta Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
6: Mike check. Mike check.
5: Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game, what's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real... I mean, that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things Hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move. And tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from.
4: Oh. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts
6: I was going to say, let me jump in and give you the answer to your question, which was, hey, shouldn't Embiid's defense, and we're talking about NBA MVP, and then in a minute we're going to have some NIT picks, but if, you know, listen, advanced analytics in the NBA are notoriously imperfect measuring defensive performance, but by the best of those metrics right now is the Joker is a better defensive player than Embiid. This season and Embiid by, or I'm sorry, Jokic by all accounts, aka the Joker, has improved his defense greatly. I, it's one of those things that you don't trust the number because it seems goofy because Embiid's considered a top five defender. And McKenzie's our NBA expert. I mean, I test statistics, whatever. What do you make of the fact that, um, Jokic is defensive stats are, are equal to, if not better, than Embiid's? Well, when Embiid doesn't play, the Sixers seem to play just as well defensively. I haven't seen a bigger drop-off when one guy is out on offense and defense than Jokic this year. They're a whole different team when Cousins comes in. If Jokic w- didn't win it last year, I think he'd be a shoe in He's just statistically having a better season. It's just Embiid's got the better narrative. Last thought on this, A.J.?
0: Yeah, it used to be so rare that a guy would win multiple MVPs, and I remember the outrage when Steve Nash won a second MVP because it was like, now you're you're saying Steve Nash is like one of the all-time greats. I think you'd get a you'd get a similar reaction if Jokic won a second MVP, particularly back-to-back seasons.
6: Except he is an all-time great. He maybe is one of the best ever to do this, and it's just like for it's in Denver, and we're not seeing it. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to save, not save, but just in a couple minutes, I'm going to give you my Lakers take, and it's profound. But A.J.'s got a best bet. Let's talk about the NIT games. Let's go one game at a time. Give us your opinion and your best bet.
0: Let's look at Xavier and St. Bonaventure first. St. Bonny's two-point favorites. I'm going to go under 139 and a half for my best bet here. Both of these offenses thrive at the rim, and both defenses excel at denying the rim. Xavier ranks 53rd in block percentage. St. Bonny's ninth. I think both teams end up having to settle for outside shooting, which is ideal for an under in this case. Xavier 223rd in three-point percentage, and Xavier 261st. Bonaventure has been thin all year, so they play the shortest rotation in the country so they slow the game down. They're not going to push tempo. And Xavier, normally a more up-tempo team, but they lost their point guard two games ago, Paul Scruggs. Their highest usage player, their creator, which likely means things slow down as well, they're also playing under an interim coach. So my best bet, under 139.5
6: in that game. Now, what does the interim coach matter? Uh, The interim coach... Did he become interim in the last couple of days, or has he yes. been
0: interim since the NIT tournament started? They well, fired that, but that's Kevin not Steele. the last
6: couple. Of, so all the wins that got them to the Final Four has been under this coach.
0: No, they fired Kevin Steele during this tournament.
6: What? Yes. What was the <laughs> rationale of that?
0: I have got no idea. In the middle of the tournament. In the middle of the tournament, yes.
6: Okay, give us a quick one. <laughs> that's crazy. All right, so your pick is under in that game.
0: Yes, and then Washington State and Texas A&M, the Aggies' one-and-a-half-point favorites. Washington State's been one of the best rim-protecting defenses in the country all season long. They've been even better in this tournament. They're allowing under .9 points per possession at the rim. Meanwhile, A&M's a team that has to finish at the basket. Uh, They're 231st in the country, shooting the three, 276th in percentage of points from outside. And Washington State used a ton of zone against USC and Arizona. The most rim-reliant offenses in the Pac-12. I expect to see that Night. a struggled against the zone this season, again, due to their lack of shot-making. And this is also a healthy Washington State team. They've only played 16 games with all of their rotation players available. They're 13-3 and in those games per Bart, Bart Torvik, a top-20 team by his metrics. I think the shooting is even more difficult in Madison Square Garden. I think the Cougars can hang around here. So I like Washington State plus one-and-a-half. I lean Washington State plus one-and-a-half, I should say.
6: Okay, so the, uh, the game you like is the under— And you're saying they can hang around and they're plus one and a half? Yes. Okay. They better hang around tight. Real quick on this, Lakers. Ponder this. LeBron, if they play decently, should be able to get into the play-in. If AD comes back, wouldn't the theory be that AD and LeBron are the best twosome in the league? Why isn't anyone afraid? Why does it feel like this Lakers season is lost when it's felt like it's been about injury? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Think on that.
1: Straight out of bacon! visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
0: As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds...
1: It was shocking.
0: I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought.